Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Tonight, we're going to continue with the clarity of the family, and we're going to talk about God's order. And I want to thank uh, all of you who have commented uh, on this series that I've been doing on the clarity of the family. Um, Amen. It certainly has been encouraging to my heart. Uh, uh, It sounds like there's some people who are listening with the intent to do. Amen. And so let's continue in that vein. If you would go ahead and put up nugget number one, two, three, and four, and uh, we'll be finished here in a couple of hours. Nugget number one. Ready? Let's read together. God is calling you. Well, let's make it personal. God is calling me to assume the position of authority. We said this the other service, but let's say it again. God is calling me. Now, now, most of you have a, a cell phone or you got a dial phone. Anybody still, you know? Committed to the dial. You, but, but all of you have a phone. And I don't raise your hand on this. But have there ever been a time. When you got a call. And especially today because you have. A caller ID. <laughs> so have you ever. Heard your phone ringing and looked at who was calling. Can I go ahead? And didn't answer because of who it was that was calling. Hmm. So you didn't answer. Yes? The question is, Have God ever called you? And you didn't answer. You looked on your phone and saw that it was God calling. And you knew that if you answered, it would interfere. Could God have mercy what you plan to do next? Or maybe you, you responded to the caller ID like you have done to other people. When you saw who it was, you said, oh, they don't want nothing. They, they just want to talk. They don't have nothing else to do. I'll call them back later because when I answer their call, I have to have time. Ain't nobody shouting. It must be guilty three or four people in here. Nugget number two, please. Ready? Read. You, you need to stand. Because this is, this, is, this is revelation for 80% of you. And the other 20, we're praying for you. Ready? Read. You, you need to read 
Most people in the church don't know this. And some of you didn't know it till you read it tonight. Ready? Read it again. And to our e-church, thank you for tuning in. I certainly summons your participation. You need to read it too. Ready? Let all of us around the world read together. God... So no more the devil made me do it. No more excuse. I couldn't control myself. I'm sorry what I said, what I did. I just lost it. Ooh, geez. Let's read it one more time. Stop, stop, stop right there. Make it personal. God does not control me. He has empowered me to control me. Because see, if we leave it at us, you're going to delegate that to everybody around you. That's why you were reading it so loud because you knew it was for them. But when we said me, you got a little, it, the value wasn't at I. God does not control me. Some of you look at me real funny. Okay. If he did, how come he don't make you pay your tithe? Don't get nervous in the service. If he did, how come he don't make you do right? Come on now. If God controlled you, how come he don't make you treat everybody right? You got an always don't speak to people. Ushering and not kind. A greeter and don't speak. A deacon and don't help. So if God was in control of you, why don't he make you do right? Who Jesus. And if you have been waiting on him to take control, he certainly is taking a long time. I know this is revolutionary, but I'm going to clear it up for you one more time. God does not control us. He empowers us. So you are empowered by God to reign in this life as a king. You have been empowered by God to keep all forces of the enemy under your feet. You have been empowered by God to keep the devil under your feet. You have been empowered by God to kick the devil off of your children. You've been empowered by God to kick the devil off of your finances. You have been empowered by God to make the devil leave your physical body alone. Please have a seat. Nugget number three. Nugget number three. 
the head, come on. The head is the portion of the body that gives the body, come on, gives it direction. Uh, Minister, Minister uh, Troy Jones, would, would you please come here? Ho, ho, leave your head. I just, I, I don't want your head. I don't need your head. There's nothing I want to do. I got my own head, but I do need your body. Would you leave your head with your wife and bring your body here? You're not hearing me. Would you leave your head in the pew? And could I use your body for a moment? Huh? I hear somebody saying it's impossible. The only way it's possible is if we disconnect the head from the body. Thank you. So are you conducting yourself in a way that you do because in reality you are really disconnected from the head? All you are is religious? This is not my message, but in this time of fasting and uh, today we've been praying for unity. That's, that's, that's the... Uh, uh, our, our point of uh, prayer target today, yes, uh, is, is unity. And, and so I was praying today that God would make us one. That, that we would start loving uh, all of the members of Harvest Church. That we don't walk by one member and speak and don't speak to the other. That we would stop acting uh, in, in a disunified way. That, that God, I pray that you would move in this church in such a way that you would remove all the barriers that divide us. Now, now I may not want to go out to lunch with everybody, but, 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 it, but it, it, it doesn't require much of me to speak. And to smile. I know I wouldn't want to be in a group of three or four people and somebody come up and speak to the two and leave me out. One reason I wouldn't like it is because I've experienced that in church. From usher. So while you preaching your heart out, your ushers and greeters can be opening up the back door. Preach, boy, preach. Or some unkind member. What, what nugget are we on? Nugget number three. So the head is the portion of the body that gives direction. So, so the body doesn't give direction. The head does. If the body is giving direction, then the head and the body is out of order. Ooh, Jesus. So in a marriage, if the body of the marriage is giving direction to the marriage, in a family, if the body is giving direction to the family, it makes everybody out of order. And the God we serve, come on, the God we serve is a God of order and flesh say flesh, flesh 
doesn't like order. Because flesh want to do whatever it feels like doing. Just like now, flesh at 4300 North Corrington Avenue at Harvest Church where Jesus is Lord, flesh is upset because we eat nuts. And we don't even say it nicely. We say nuts because, amen. <laughs> Glory to God. And flesh don't like it because whenever you sacrifice, whenever you push the plate away to, to press in to know God, the flesh gets weaker and your spirit man gets stronger. Ooh, Jesus. Nugget number four. Every man should be mastered. Every man should be mastered. Ladies, would you say that with me? Every, come on, ladies. Every man should be mastered by Christ Jesus. <laughs> so after you get finished, you singles, being all enamored of how cute he is and his wavy hair and what kind of babies you think if you marry him you would all have before you say I do you better be able to say I know about this is Jesus Christ his master because if you marry him and Jesus Christ is not his master, he is subject to beat you after he says, I do. And mistreat you after he says, I do. Belittle you after he says, I do. Run around on you. Ain't nobody saying nothing. Oh, Jesus, I'm getting some looks, Lord. G give me something. L let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. This is going to all make sense. I pray this, this is perhaps one of the most profound lessons that I've ever been privileged by God to stand in the pulpit to try to minister under the power of the Holy Ghost. And the best seat in the house is those who have not said, I do yet. First Corinthians chapter 11. Look at this passive scripture, verse number three. Ready? Listen. But I want you to know. Who do you want me to know, Paul? That the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. Let's read it together now. Ready? But I want you to know that the head. Yes, go ahead. Now, 
I want the women to read it. Ready, ladies? And on e-church, I want you to read it. Ready? Read. Read it loud. Now, no, notice Paul says that the head of every man. But when he comes down to the woman, he didn't say every woman. He only said woman. Good God of mercy. Notice in this verse, the important word here is what? Head. The important word in this passage of scripture is head. The head is that portion, our, our nugget number three was, of the body that gives direction. So it is the normal and correct order for Jesus Christ to be the head of every man. Ladies, you don't have any business with a man who Jesus Christ is not his head. Because if Christ is not his head, something is. And if it's not Jesus, you've married trouble. Ooh, this is good. So it is the normal and correct order for Jesus Christ to be the head of every, 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 every man. So it's normal. Say normal. It's normal for Jesus Christ to be the head of every man. If that's the truth, then it is abnormal for Jesus Christ not to be the head of a man. So if you marry a man and Jesus Christ is not his head, you married into perversion. No wonder you're, in, you're crying all the time, sister. He doesn't feel like he has anybody to answer to. So who's going to correct him? And if he never had a father in the formative years of his raising, you really got a problem. Because he struggles with any man. Because the first man hurt him by not showing up. So unknowingly, he penalizes every other man. Because the first man in his life wasn't faithful, wasn't reliable. Good God of mercy. So he thinks real manhood is being stubborn, acting crazy, you know, walking around with a bulldog face, like, don't mess with me, scaring everybody including the dog. The fish won't even swim when he come home. 
Come on. If it's not dead, they just, they just paralyzed for a moment. <laughs> Jesus. So until a man is mastered by Christ, he is not a normal man. And this is good teaching. Until a man is mastered by Jesus Christ, according to the Holy Writ, he is not a normal man. So perhaps the reason you're encountering all these abnormalities is because you signed up for it. Some of you look at me like, Pastor, but I didn't know no better. We're going to get you out. So man, if he's not mastered by Christ, then he's not, he's not normal. So when you marry an abnormal man, that man might be mastered by alcohol. He might be mastered by drugs. Or you married a man who's mastered by passion. That's why he married you. He didn't want you. He wanted sex. Didn't want to lock you up home at home to make sure nobody else gets you. Who Jesus? Is this good teaching? So if he's not mastered by Christ, he's mastered by something. He might be mastered by drugs. He might be mastered by passion. Mastered by lust. Mastered by money. Mastered by power. He don't care about you. He just want to be important. Not mastered by Christ. He is mastered by his flesh. It's impossible for him to be faithful to you. You won't ever be able to give him enough to satisfy him. Because his problem is not you. His problem is who his master is. And everybody, say everybody. Everybody must obey their master. So when the master calls, he come running. Man, this is good teaching. Is, is this good? Say this with me. Every man should be mastered by Christ Jesus. Now, let's, let's go back to this foundational verse. But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. And the head of woman is, is man. Notice, it is not every woman. Come on, read, read it so you can see. Notice, notice that it's not every woman. 
It is not an absolute. So Paul, uh, it refers in this passage of scripture, he's referring to marriage where the woman is to respond to her man. And listen, ladies, you're not to respond to every man. You're to respond to your man. And your man should be your husband. Who Jesus. Is this good? My dad would say, I didn't understand as a kid, I understand it now. He would say it's tight, but it's right. So, so to the single ladies, you don't, you don't marry a man that you can't respond correctly to. You, you don't marry somebody that you're not willing to follow. So that means before you marry him, you need to find out where are we going? Because you couldn't marry him and go to welfare. You couldn't marry him and go to struggle. And before you married him, you were doing pretty good. Come on now. I mean, you didn't have a man, but you know, the car, something happened to the car. You had a little money to get it fixed and everything. And, and now you didn't marry somebody and you walking. Because you didn't find out where are we going. Listen to me. Listen, you're, you're robbed of your feminine power when you marry a man who have not told you where he's going. Because if you don't know where he's going, then you can't be what God called you to be to him, and that's a helper. And if he's not going anywhere, he doesn't need any. He can get there alone. He can get nowhere alone. Good God of mercy. So God brings you into his life to make him better. If he know where he's going and he needs to know where he's going before he asks for your hand. For him to ask for your hand and do not know where he's going, that means he's talking more to you than he's talking to God. And then God says, the plan won't work on what God gave him unless he write it down. You go in that back room and get the pants I wore earlier today and reach in my pocket where my little bit of money is other than my tithe and offering that I'm giving tonight. And you look in the middle of my, that rubber band and you'll see a, a piece of paper that I put tape all over it so the paper would last. Because on there, I got my plan. That I speak out seven or eight or nine, ten times a day. Why? Because my ears need to hear it. Because if I keep saying it out loud, my ears keep hearing it, it'll drop down into my spirit. And once it drops down in my spirit, it's a done deal. And until I write it, it's not real to me. 
And until I write it, she can't help me run. Write the vision so those who read it can run with you. I just revised the mission statement of Harvest Church for 2023 at our believers meeting. You'll get a copy of that. Because the way we were running for the last few years, we're not running that way anymore. Good God of mercy. I don't know about you, but I can preach myself happy. I can go home right now. So notice it's not every woman. It is not an absolute. It refers to marriage where the woman is to respond to the man. If a woman cannot look up to a man and respect him, she will have a hard time following. And certainly she shouldn't marry him. Y'all looking at me funny, but I'm going to give you some more. Look, look even crazier at me if you want to. But If a woman cannot look up to a man and respect him, if you can't follow him because there's something about him that just doesn't, you know, just doesn't make your oil flow. Don't mess with me now. Hold your imagination. I feel it drifting. She will have a hard time following. And sisters, don't get mad, but God did not call you to lead your husband. He did not. He did not. And it will release itself in your home and it'll create perversion. It'll weaken the male. It'll weaken your sons. Give a perverted strength to your daughters. You'll look around, your daughters are stronger than your sons. Because the house is out of order. God made woman to respond with every fiber of her being to the male she loves. That's why God requires the man to guard the relationship. Because the way God made woman, when she gives her whole heart to a man, there's nothing she has that she'll withhold. She can tell every man in the mall no but him. That's why if he's not submitted to Christ as his master, you have sex before you get married. Why? Because Adam is the keeper. And if she loves me like she says she loves me, I can say little things, blow a little wind in the air, or do something that'll break her down. 
Break it down, break it down. <laughs> because if she really loves me, it's something about the way God made her. That when she loves a man, I'm feeling it. When she really loves a man, there's nothing she'll withhold from him. Sometimes, even before marriage, sex. If Christ isn't his master, good God of mercy. We didn't have sex intercourse before we got married because Christ was and is my master. Because there were times I was feeling it, yet a reverend. And I could tell sister girl was feeling it too. Let me get get y'all out of my business. But what you will do will be predicated on who's your master. And when she responds to him in such a loving and affectionate way because all all the men on the planet, she loves him. And when a woman loves you, partner, man, you got some love. You don't want to lose that. When when you get a woman really in your corner, you don't want to lose that. There may be a whole lot of women who want to get with you. There may be a whole lot of folk who want to get with you. But when you find a woman that is really in your corner, she'll push you to greatness. I don't care how difficult it'll get. While your head is on the pillow, she'll whisper it in your ear, baby, we're going to make it. And sometimes that's all Adam needs is just to know that Evie still believes in him. As bad as it looked, my wife said, we're going to make it. Sometimes that's all he needs to push him over the top. This is good. So Adam, he in turn must be the man who is willing to die for her. I I know this woman loves me with all her heart. She's proven it. But it don't mean Rudy Tootie if I'm not willing to die for her. And I am. I'm willing to die for her. If there's a scuffle, I'm in the mix of it. If somebody's after her, I step in. 
If there's an intruder in the house, I'm going after him. I'm not going to tell her to go find out who's in the house and I'm going to go down 911 outside in the front yard. So, so just like Adam, something happens to you when you look at her and you know that girl loves you. The same thing happens to her when she looks at you and she knows you're willing to die for her. And Adam, until you love her like that, you don't love her like Christ loved the church. Oh, God. Sisters, you don't want a man who will die for your body. You want one that's willing to die for you. That means he'll sacrifice what he wants to make you happy. Come on, ahead, Patty. Don't leave me. Come on, come on, give. Yeah, come on, thank him. Look at, look at Ephesians 5. Look at Ephesians 5. Oh, my. Our time is gone already. But you got to see this. Ephesians 5. Let's, let's do this part real quick. Oh, my. Jesus. I wanted to help you about this part that... Uh, uh, God does not control us. He empowers. I wanted to get to that part. We're not going to make it tonight. But look at Ephesians 5, verse 25. Ready? Read. Here's another translation. It says, it said, husband, listen to your wives. I haven't mastered that. So this portion of the scriptures is for me. I sense that I'm not the only one in the room. <laughs> Some of the brothers are trying to play me, but that's all right. <laughs> and, and our wives know when we're listening. <clears throat> they also know when we're just listening with a, with a tolerant ear. And, and a wife hates to feel like she's being tolerated. And I've been guilty of it. <clears throat> I've been guilty because what it appears to me she wants to talk about is not as important as what I was doing. And God says, if you love her like I love the church, then that's your time to sacrifice. Can I help you, brothers? That's making love to her. No, I didn't learn that in the barbershop. I didn't learn that from some cool cat on the, on the corner. I learned that from spending time with God. Because the stuff in the streets they told me softened her up at the midnight hour, I come to find out not know, it doesn't soften up a godly woman. It might soften up a woman on the block. Because all you're after is sex and all she's after is your money. Whew. 
Yes, it is. So he in turn must be the man who is willing to die for her. Ephesians 5, 25. Husband, love your wife just as Christ also loved the church. And he gave himself for it, didn't he? So listen, listen to it in the Message Bible. And stand to your feet. I'm finished. We're just not going to get to the part about God empowered you. But, but you, need to, you need to see this. Ephesians 5, 25, it says, husbands, this is in the message translation. It says, go all out in your love for your wives. Exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving. Not getting. Now, th- this, this passage of scripture will mess with you. Because as men, when we read it, we, we, want, to, we want to convert to our, 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 our first parent. We want to act like Adam. Because we want to look at situations and problems in the home and we want to blame her. And God is saying, if it's messed up in the house, it's you. But when I get mad in my flesh, I want to say, God, it's the woman you brought to me from Louisiana. And I always called her a sugar cane, but she's not too sweet right now. And I notice whenever I get over in the flesh like that, God doesn't answer. And the reason she's not responding so sweetie deedy is because I'm not giving her something to respond to that sweetie deedy. But I want to get in the flesh and I want to get mad because of something she's not doing. Not negating the fact that God has empowered me to draw it out of her. Draw what? Whatever I want. God of mercy. So if you want water out of her, you pumping up gas. You need to check what you're doing. Because she's a responder. All right, ladies, stay with me. If she loves you. And every woman in here who's of age, if they're honest, if she says, I love him, it don't make no difference who walk up in the place. She might say, he's handsome. Oh, yeah, he looks good. Billy D and whoever else is. I don't know who. I saw Billy the other day on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Billy done passed his prime. <laughs> but whoever it is, you, you all know what I'm saying. You know, who, whoever it is. I'm telling you, brothers, who, who, it, if she loves you, man, she, she'll look. Don't get mad if she looks. She looks because she's got eyes. And she can notice that he's a good-looking guy. But she don't have one ounce of desire to go with that man out of the mall. She just thinks he's a handsome man. Because in her heart, you're the man. 
God help me to conduct myself in a way that I never do something so stupid that it erases that place in her heart concerning me. Because just as strong as she can be loving you, somebody cut me, it's getting tight up here. It could go the other way when she, when she said, I'm through with you. I don't need you. You trying to hang around with only agitator. Because you messed up. What, what, it's, it's, it's good. Put your hands again. Were you blessed tonight? I know some of you want me to go on. I, I want to do it, but, but our time is gone. Father, I thank you and I praise you tonight for these few moments you've allowed us to corner near together. I pray, God, that uh, these words have not fallen on deaf ears. And I, I, I understand that you're ministering to us in a way to help us to guard our relationships with the Word of God. And, and I know there are other men in here and women in here like myself who have acknowledged the reality that I, that I need to step it up in some areas. Because the word brings light and it shines light on areas of our life that need to be improved. So, so I'm not going to get into condemnation, but I am in some areas under conviction. And conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. And he only convicts because he's affording us an opportunity to do better, to change, to get it right. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we declare tonight that our marriages, that our relationships, our families, we're going to get it right. And we're going to do better. There'll be no divorce. We're going to make it because the word of the Lord brings power and deliverance. It destroys yokes. It removes burdens. And it drives out Jezebels and players that come in to try to pervert and to try to destroy marriages and families. We take the word of God and we drive away every witch, every warlock, every hex, every vex. We curse and cast down every form of voodoo, every form of unfruitful works of darkness, every cantation that have been spoken against our marriage and our families. We cancel it tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we plead the blood of Jesus over our marriage. We plead the blood of Jesus over our families and by the grace of God and the mercies of God, we're going to make it. And I thank you, God, you are showing me. You're enlightening me. You're developing me. I'm in the process of getting better and better so I'll know how to minister better and better to my wife, so I'll know how to minister better and better to my husband. Holy Spirit, help me to meet her needs. Holy Spirit, help me to meet his needs. Help me to be the one that they don't go out of the front door hungering for anything. All needs are satisfied in the house. 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 In the house. 
So I'm open, Holy Spirit. If I need to change some of my wrong thinking that is robbing me from meeting a need that my wife desires or some religious hang-up, deliver me so that all needs in our marriage will be satisfied in our house. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.